The United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, or the FAO, estimates that the world produces enough food waste, about 1.4 billion tons, to feed as many as 2 billion people each year, roughly one-third of the entire global food supply. Yet nearly 12% of the world's population is hungry. That's about 800 million people who go undernourished on a daily basis, consuming less than the recommended 2,100 calories a day. The world produces enough food to feed all 7 billion people. But those who go hungry either do not have land to grow food or money to purchase it. You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 113, PH Factor, Hunger Reigns, Feast, Famine, and Faith. So we're here live on site at the Orangeville Food Bank, and we're talking with Heather Hayes, mm -hmm. who is the executive director of the Orangeville Food Bank. Yep. Thank you for coming on the show. And thank you very much for coming. It is a privilege to have you. All right, so tell us about the food bank and its history, let's say. So the history of the food bank is it was started in 1992 by uh, four women in the community who saw a need and decided they were going to get together and do something about it. So it started as a tiny little spot on Mill Street, and from there it grew. We've been in this location for about 12 years. So we're at 25 Centennial Road, units five and six. We have close to 100 volunteers that support the food bank and some of the original volunteers are still here today. Really? And what did those four incredible women see in the community where they felt this was a real need. I think they saw that their neighbors, their friends, and their family members were really struggling with food. So it was started in 92, so we were sort of suffering a, a fairly deep economic depression here in Canada right. at that point, mm -hmm. and, uh, and saw a need and decided it's not okay that these people are going without food, and so we can do something about this. Mm -hmm. And how many folks would you say come through here in the course of a year or a month? Or so, so for the last three months here at the food bank, we've seen 700 people a month. So we've seen a 1,400% increase in the amount of seniors accessing the food bank since 2011, mm -hmm. and a, a greater increase in the amount of single individuals accessing the food bank and individuals who have ODSP as an income source. So, and about 34% of the people who use the food bank are children. And what do you attribute this increase to? Uh, so pensions have not kept up to the rate of inflation, nor has it kept up with the cost of living. And $1,600 is not a lot to live on. And if you think that a widow who had always supported her husband perhaps didn't work outside of the house in the 50s is now a senior and living on their own, trying to make it on one pension, not two pensions. Yeah, it's very interesting that when you think about small town Canada, mm -hmm. You don't think about people being hungry. You don't you see it in a way because on the streets, people walk around, people are generally affluent, etc. In the big cities, you see it evident on the streets that there are people actually hungry, uh, shelterless, etc. But you don't see it in a small town in Ontario. I think a lot of people would be surprised at how prevalent it actually is. Yeah, poverty is a problem here in Dufferin County, and you're right, people don't see it. In rural areas, it's very much hidden. So right now, we have over 40 people who are chronically or episodically homeless 
uh, within the county who don't have housing. The other challenge in rural areas is we may not have the same kinds of supports that they have in ur urban centres. So right now we don't have a men's shelter. So there is no place for single men to stay or even married men to stay yeah. or families. Mm -hmm. If they need shelter, they have to go to the city to access services. It's a big problem here. Wow. Mm -hmm. And what about government's involvement in all of this? I mean, are they not doing enough or how do they connect uh, to this? Affordable housing has been a huge problem and that is part of our housing crisis right now That in the fact that people can't afford housing and that's why they're homeless. So it's not that they don't have the skills and that sort of thing. The challenge is they don't have the income to support housing and food and all of those things that we take for granted every day. Mm -hmm. So a single room here in town, so that's a room in a rooming house, runs between six and eight hundred dollars a month. If you are single and you are on OW, which is Ontario Works, that is a whopping income every month of seven hundred and thirty-three dollars. So wow. you're behind before you ever start. And we're not even talking an apartment or anything else like that. Just a room in a rooming house. A basic apartment in Orangeville right now is $1,200. There's no way. Like, the yeah. math doesn't work no matter how you do mm -hmm. it. So we expect the people who have the absolute least to do the absolute most with limited resources. How do you determine eligibility? So eligibility here at the food bank is you had the courage to come through the front door. Really? Yes, really. Because there's a myth out there that somehow people are taking advantage of the food bank. So at this food bank, I can give you a week's worth of groceries once a month. I'm not sure that's taking advantage of... Sorry, uh, are, are you doing this on a person's word? So people do provide income and expenses to us, but we use those strictly for statistical purposes. I can count on one hand the amount of people I think might be taking advantage of. And at the end of the day, what would I tell you if I had to feed my children? I'd tell you anything you wanted to hear. And I would. Yes. I would kill for my kids, as we all would. So I don't think that it's about showing me bits of paper and proving to me the need. If you had your choice, you would go to a grocery store where no one ever asked you your personal story, no one ever asked you your financial details, and that your choice, you could go in your own time, in your own way, and pick your own foods. That is not what the people at the food bank have the option of doing here. They do have to come and see us once a month. They do have to give us income and expense statements. They do, while they were a shopping model and they have choice, they don't have the same kind of choice that you and I have at a grocery store, right? Nor do they have the option of getting the things that might work for them. Perhaps today you need two or three items to finish that meal that you need at home. Right? I'm just going to run out and grab mm -hmm. you know, apples, pears, and something else. Our people don't have that choice. It's what we have. Now, for someone who may be sitting out there listening to this podcast mm -hmm. and may be hesitant to come in to see you, right. either for shame-based reasons mm -hmm. or not sure, yep. yeah, what would you suggest to them if they're listening? I would suggest that uh, they give us a call. So I have a hundred of the best volunteers you will ever want to meet. We try very hard to make this nothing less than sunshine and lollipops when you come in, which is the professional term yep. <laughs> for happiness. <laughs> I want this place to be safe. I want this place to be a, a place where you feel supported and that you're not judged. I don't care how you got here. I don't care. We have a couple that come and drive a BMW. And if you were thinking that, oh my heavens, how could somebody drive a BMW and come to the food bank? Mm -hmm. 
it's because uh, one of their family members has gone on vacation for four months and they have access to that and it's helping them uh, get to medical treatment. Right. So we don't judge here. So I would say call us and come on in. If it's super scary as it is, then I'll make sure that I open up on a day when we're not open and I'll walk you through myself so it won't be so overwhelming for people. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, just call. And you do have a website. Absolutely. We have information on the website and people can also go to YouTube and search the Orangeville Food Bank and you'll find videos there about what the inside of the food bank looks like. People are shocked that the food bank doesn't just stop in the lobby, right, where people wait and, and that sort of thing. That we have a, a warehouse of 3,600 square feet in the back where it, it is quite an intricate and um, complex operation back there. Right. And all of the foods that we have. So I guarantee when you come to the food bank, you will get milk and eggs. 10 to 12 different kinds of fresh fruits and vegetables. If you have children, we guarantee that for no points that you will get yogurts and cheese strings and apples and oranges and, and that, those kinds of things. We have pet food. We sometimes have cleaning supplies. We guarantee five hygiene items. Really? We work very hard to instill dignity in a process that is hard on, on people's constitutions. So again, how can we make this easier for you? How can we make this better for you? And one thing if I picked up as you were speaking, which I think is important, you did address the topic of nutrition. Mm -hmm. Nutrition is huge. So we know that people who live in poverty will die 20 years earlier than everybody else. We also know that because of lack of services like appropriate dental care, some of the people who come to the food bank don't have a good set of teeth in their mouth. They're not there anymore because there isn't, it's expensive and nobody covers it. OW um, right. uh, offers $500 a, a year for, for that, but it is not what you really need for appropriate dental care. So nutritious food here is very important to us and we take that seriously. We, we have a good food budget that provides for that. And we know that the same things that are expensive in our budgets are the same things that are expensive in their budgets. So things like proteins, fruits and vegetables, dairy. We know those are the most expensive things, so we try very hard to make sure that we have some of that when people come into the food bank. How do you encourage the general population to contribute food? I know that it's mm -hmm. difficult. I, I was told in the summertime it kind of dries up a lot. And so how do we keep the momentum going through the whole year? Because people have to eat the whole year round, not just at Christmas, right? We absolutely do. And you'll find that food banks bring in about 75% of everything they need within the months of September and December. So we're hoping that that non-perishable items carries us through until uh, Easter, and oh. then Easter will start another one. So it's just about constantly being out in the public, doing uh, things like this, doing videos, making sure that we're on our social media feeds. Awareness. On a regular, yeah, so that people understand that you're right. And these really are your neighbors, your friends, and your family members. The times that volunteers have spotted family in here and didn't know and so I live in a very tiny community, and I actually got a call that somebody in our community needed help, and it was somebody who lived in my area. And I pride myself on knowing my neighbors, and I didn't know they needed help. So we just don't have the same kinds of connections we used to, and that's what we offer here is that place to connect and community. Hold right. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you for doing this. Oh, uh, shall you. we walk through Absolutely. the uh, facility? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to just end. Yes. carry that with us. Thank or you. Or we'll just carry on. We of the full. To eat is everything. The bird that feeds its babies, water to cracked lips, a morsel of shared bread. To eat is everything. 
We of the full-plated, ravenous only for the latest wafer-thin distractions of the modern world, think we know what hunger is, regard the pangs that tickle our guts at three in the morning, oh, poor Teletubby, as one of the colors of suffering, or missing a meal, sense the beast within stirring in its irritation, and think we know pain. We of the full-bellied, the cyber-addicted, we know nothing of real hunger, whose beast is a moaning dragon twisting under the skin, a black hole into which the ache of need, the screams of despair, are disappeared by the desperate government of the body, a seeping bag of bony sadness, watching the star-distant crumbs of civilization moving ever farther away. To eat is everything. The bird that feeds its babies, water to cracked lips, a morsel of shared bread to eat is everything. Food banks do not receive any provincial or federal funding. At all? Really? Ever. Why not? This is by donation. Why not? It's never been funded, ever. So since their inception, which is basically community women or groups or church groups or whatever have started to meet this need, and they and since that, we've owned, we've owned it. So donations only? Yep. We are 97% donor funded. So last year we received $10,000 from the town of Orangeville and $3,000 from the county. Well, and there are other initiatives in the community. For example, I'm going to be working with the food bank mm -hmm. to create a, a write-a-thon for that's the food right bank. In April. In, uh, actually, it could be May, May I believe, that in would May. Be fantastic. Uh, so I'm working on that now. Yeah. I'm gathering uh, writers who are going to jump in and be part yeah. of this thing. So yeah. uh, hopefully, other you know members of the community can do things like that on their own and Absolutely. not worry about waiting for government to do things or what have you. That's right. So. And so the rent here in this building is fifty thousand dollars a year, and my utilities are ten thousand dollars a year. Nobody's giving you a break on that? Nope. No, they're really? not. Wow. If I had, so when you think about Giving Tuesday is coming up, which is the, the Tuesday after Black Friday, and lots of people think a little bit more about charities this time of year. What a charity needs more than anything else is consistent donor base. If you wanted to make a big difference to the charity of your choice, it is giving a monthly donation on a regular basis that that charity can count on. Right. Instead of the ups and downs of that, if I had 500 people donate $10 a month going forward, that pays my rent. Just like our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So if we had that, that would So be that you great. can actually project and plan. Absolutely. We're very fortunate here at the Food Bank. The community has always been extremely generous to us. And we're very thankful for that here at the Food Bank. But there are lots of ups and downs. And will we make all of the targets that we need to make to make sure that I can buy enough milk? Can I buy enough fruits and vegetables? If I have no meat uh, coming in from the grocery stores? Do I have money to go buy meat? I have a question that just came to me as you were sure. speaking. Have you ever had an individual or individuals who came in here, used your services one year, two year, perhaps more, mm -hmm. went out, did things, ended up doing very well and came back to you? Absolutely. So I can tell you about a gentleman who was turned down for long-term disability after um, a medical problem. He fought the insurance company for um, 18 months. He won, and it was a fairly easy case from what we could tell. He came and used the food bank. He felt absolutely horrible about it. He was an older man. And then uh, the day he got his settlement, he came in and gave back what he thought he had used from the food bank. 
Oh, we wonderful. have people who oh, use the food bank on, uh, or had used mm. the food bank on a regular basis. We have one gentleman who walks in every month and gives us $50, a $50 bill, and gives it back to us every month. Well, I have to admit, I've donated, mm -hmm. but I've never been here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's different than what you think it is. Yeah. It is yeah. definitely different. Yeah. So we can, um, we can go this way. And some of the things that people don't think about for food banks is if you didn't have money for food, you don't have money for condiments, for the things that make food taste good. And often we get, but we just are going to give them chickpeas and lentils. That's going to fix the problem right there. Chickpeas and lentils are great if you have the cooking skill to cook with them, if you can convince your family to eat them, right? And I think there are several teenagers out there right now who would think that was funny. Um, yeah. And if you had the spices to be able to make them taste good, right? So while they help, they are not the answer, nor is gardening. You will never be able to garden your way out of poverty living in a rooming house or an apartment. Right. Just, and then there's the idea that our people don't know how to cook, which is a myth. There's a 2% difference in the lack of knowledge from a middle-class individual to the individual who uses the food bank. Just 2%. It's not that they don't know how to cook. It's that they don't have the money for the ingredients. So if you didn't have money for food, you do not have money for um, hygiene items. And if you didn't have money for hygiene items, you don't have money for cleaning supplies. It's a trickle-down effect. It just yeah. keeps getting worse. That makes total sense. Yeah. I can't help but observe I mean, looking at the volunteers here with their red uh, t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, a lot of smiles. It is a great place yeah. to be. Yeah. It is a fun place to be. We laugh a lot. We laugh with clients. We laugh with donors. Uh, we laugh. We laugh with volunteers. We're just so. so it's very satisfying, huh? Yeah, it's it's satisfying, but it's also that you, we also see very hard things, right? It is really difficult to sit across from a 20-year-old kid who's homeless, because that could be my 20-year-old kid. And so one time we had um, two people finishing up here, my volunteers, it was a busy day, we were behind, so I sent them home and I finished up here. And I had a single mom with a child coming through and I had a 20-year-old woman here. And as the single mom came through and the 20-year-old, the 20-year-old taking the last five juice boxes off the counter, we very seldom have juice boxes. And the single mom asked me, so do you have any more? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't. And the 20-year-old took them out of her cart and said, here you need them more than I do. But my heart broke because I think, oh, the 20-year-old needs something too, right? Because we have 20-year-olds in our lives who, who need help. Yeah, but the 20-year-old had the wherewithal to realize their Absolutely. youth and strength and gave to someone who they felt was weaker and needed it more. And here at the food bank, we see that all the time. You People will not take things they don't need. They Amazing. will say, somebody yeah. else could use yeah. that more than I do. I'm It'd not going to so take that. It's so easy to take advantage, but people, but don't. people don't. don't. And that's, yeah. that is a myth that we have to get past, that somehow, that, you know, there's just a group of people out there that are really taking advantage. People don't do that here at the food bank. We're just, it's a good group of people. I think also, the people who've grown up in an affluent society don't mm -hmm. understand what it means to be hungry. Apparently, one out of ten people on our planet mm -hmm. are chronically yeah. uh, starved, hungry, That's right? right? Absolutely. And, uh, it's 12% in Dufferin County. 12%. 12%. So out of every 100 people, 12 people will be food insecure. Very many. Yes, in Dufferin County. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and you don't think about the things that 
habit that we take for granted every day. So when you think about laundry, if you don't live someplace with laundry facilities, do you know how much laundry is a load right now? Mm. Anybody? Three, four dollars. Five dollars a load. Yeah. So you've got to pay yeah. five dollars to wash it and five dollars to dry it. Yeah. So now yeah. you're talking ten dollars a week. So you you just cost yourself between forty and eighty dollars a month. So on seven hundred and thirty-three dollars, and your rent is eight hundred. Wow. What do you do now? And then that's not food, and it's not transportation, it's not medications, it's not clothing, it's not. There's just so much not. Yeah. yeah. This wow. is only the tip of the iceberg. The food, the basic food, Absolutely. Right? all the other stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. What have the last four years been like in terms of the volume of? food that's gone out, is it increasing every year? It absolutely is increasing every year. I think we're up by between 100 to 125,000 pounds of food each year. So the need continues to grow. That's not going to go anywhere. And it's important for us to be able to meet that need. One last question on that. Uh, what's your range? Is it just Orangeville or Orangeville and surrounding areas? So um, for our clients who come in to the food bank, it's Orangeville for right now. For our community food share, it's Dufferin County and slightly outside. Because one of the things that we do very well here is partnerships. If I partner with um, East Wellington Community Services, Georgetown Food Bank, the Acton Food Bank, um, Wealth is, is a great partnership. If I partner with them, I can share products. So when somebody offers me 1,200 pounds of fresh carrots that I won't have enough space to store, if I got rid of half of them right off the bat to that, then I now have fresh carrots for my clients and I've managed my storage issue. So, yeah. Quite yeah. the organization. Yeah, it's it amazing. So, thank you so much thank you for so this. Thank you so much, guys. That's I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. No problem. So we're just going to wander. Yeah. So we're talking basic, basic fundamental food, and Heather uh, has been brilliant in explaining what the dynamics are, etc. But we're also talking in this podcast about the hunger that goes beyond food, basic nutrition, right. spiritual hunger, psychological hunger, uh, hunger for attention, hunger for attention, hunger for sex, like all of these desires and hungers that we have, many of which are, in a way, given to us they're not necessarily natural you know yes. hunger for power right. it's not necessarily a natural impulse right the food and agricultural organization of the united nations yeah is actually saying that over the last four or five years we're actually declining in terms of the uh, number of people that are going hungry is actually increasing yeah, yes that's right but the last 30, 40 years, we've been improving every year, Yeah, which yeah. is an interesting phenomenon. Part of it, they're attributing to climate change. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Uh, yes, yes. The conditions of, under which food is grown, yeah. depletion, yeah. Mm -hmm. but the problem with food, and I really see examples of that here. It's not the availability of food, it's the distribution of food. Mm -hmm. yes. Apparently, there's enough food in the world oh, of course. to Just feed 10 billion the, people. The waste alone. Right. About 35%. Yeah. 30 35% of the world food is wasted. It's wasted. Uh, so, I mean, there's no good reason why people should go hungry on our planet. Uh, but our relationship to food, to nourishment of all kinds, runs deep, right? But look at the internet and the 
all the information that we're fed. We use the word fed. Yeah. Right? In different ways. Starved yes. for information, starved, starved for, for affection. We use uh, terms of hunger. Lacking. Yeah. And um, the lack of nourishment that's there in terms of the information we're fed on the internet. Yes. Uh, this, all the superfluous information. Um, but there's also the want part of hunger. Yeah. There are people who actually fast. Yeah, uh, consciously. Consciously. Uh, either for health reasons or for spiritual reasons. There are these groups called the ascetics in the spiritual traditions, and the ascetics go off into the forest and they fast and they go without worldly things intentionally to purify the spirit, to uh, find their essential self. It's there in the native traditions as well, where you go on a vision quest and you go out and you may sit for three days and fast uh, on a particular rock or natural part of the environment right. where there's kind of power, if you like. So we work with these desires and against these desires for different reasons, yes. right? even in the world of the arts. Yeah, you'd mentioned yeah. uh, the hunger artist. Yeah, Franz Kafka wrote a story in 1922 called The Hunger Artist, and it's about a man during the 19th century. This was actually a fairly common phenomenon in the entertainment world that we people who would fast would be hunger artists. Right. And they would fast for 40 days. They'd sit in a cage or in some enclosure, and people would actually pay to come and see them and to witness this incredible feat of self-denial. And they were right? somewhat emaciated? And very emaciated. You imagine after 40 days right. and ex exhausted, could hardly move, could hardly breathe, could wouldn't, hardly speak. Wouldn't they turn themselves into tables? Well, yeah. In fact, in the 30s in Berlin, before the Nazis came to power, there were these acts that would go on the stage. The hunger artists would, would be emaciated and would go on all fours and invite members of the audience to come up and eat food off of their backs. backs. <laughs> Quite a concept. Right? And when you talk about food, here's the thing that gets me. So there's a billion people in the world who are obese. Yeah. And there's yeah. a billion people who are starving. But the thing of it is that a lot of the starving people are overweight because of the kinds of food they eat. Actually, malnourished. They're malnourished, but they're overweight because right. of you know the sugars and carbo carbohydrates that mm -hmm. they intake. Yes. Right. So it's very complicated, and there's a lot of sides to what hunger means. To me, the idea that we live in a world that actually has more people dying related illnesses to obesity yeah. than starvation is pretty remarkable. Yeah, of course, of course. And yet we're, we seem unable to kind of really solve these issues. I mean, the food bank here is an incredible thing. It's a hive, it's busy, and people are being fed and nourished, right, by the community at large. Yes. But I was shocked to hear the figures that, that uh, Heather gave us about how many people in small town Ontario, small town Canada, are in that condition. You wouldn't have expected no, it no, no, at no, all, no. right? No, for all the uh, so-called uh, affluence yeah. that Western culture is supposed to experience and to have this level of need in yeah. the community. But what impresses me more about this, and actually not, not so much impressed me, but the awareness that it's brought to me, yeah. is that actually producing food is just one small part 
it's the delivery of the food, the organization, the collaboration that is required to get food to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just right what we're witnessing here. Well, remember, we keep coming back to Harari's books, where he talks about the reason human beings have advanced beyond other species in many ways is our ability to share in collective fictions, stories, and to collaborate around that. And here's an example, a small example Amazing. of a community, a hundred plus volunteers, all the staff, coming together to make sure that people in the community are going to not starve, essentially. I was also quite surprised at how little actual dollars they receive here. Yeah. Well, people assume that government will be right. doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but they don't do the heavy lifting. Very little of it, clearly. Right? So, we're walking through the warehouse now, back towards the front. I've certainly learned a lot here. Yeah, yeah this is uh, amazing. It is. It really is amazing. Look at this, it's literally like a beehive. It is. All right, that's perfect. Busyness. Lots of very positive energy. All right, thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank Let me stop you. my recording. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Dot com.